Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to another episode of the Minds on Muscle show. Today, Glenn is unfortunately not here, but I'm really excited because I have another awesome trainer from Strata Internal Performance. This guy, what's your name? My name is Eric. This is Eric Patchell. And so if anyone's been hanging around here for a while, you'll know Fitness Pro Mentors, we've got this wonderful marketing and education platform. It's been helping a ton of trainers like you, two to three X their income. But a lot of the processes that we use are predicated on the things that we use at the gym that I'm the owner of and have an awesome team with with Eric on it called Strata Internal Performance. And I'm honored because I've known Eric for a really long time, uh, Persicini days. Yeah, a long time ago. So here's a fun little fact. First and foremost, how's your day going? Not too bad, actually. Not too bad. Dog did throw up this morning, so I was kind of iffy. But besides that, doing okay? Eric's got a dog. Dog's named Ted. He sent me a picture of the dog named Ted. He said, yes. Ted wants to be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I said, no dogs. <laughs> uh, but we'll have Ted next time, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, no, so really quickly, if, you have been, if you're kind of newish here, uh, I came, Eric and I came from a gym uh, called Persicini Fitness, and I was there for a long time. I was the, the title they gave me was Trainer of the Trainers, which is trademarked by Tom Purvis, so don't sue me. But I was kind of like the unofficial head trainer educational person there. What was interesting about Eric and I at Persicini is we both started off doing co-ops. Right, yes. And... Uh, I got to say it was really a great thing because I actually did my co-op as just like a pit stop. I wanted to get in shape before going to become a firefighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I fell in love with all the personal training. Did you do the co-op because you wanted to be a trainer or just because you? Yeah. I mean, I honestly didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, to yeah. be honest with you. But I thought I wanted to do something within the fitness-like realm. So I chose to check out the gym. At the time, I knew nothing about working out, to be honest with you. I was not that big of a person now, but I was much skinnier even then. So I didn't know a whole much about it, but I wanted to, I was willing to learn and check it out and heard good things about the Persicini. So that's where I went. Listen, Eric's pretty good looking and he's pretty shredded, actually. <laughs> he's got small arms, but everything else he's doing pretty <laughs> darn good with. Uh, no, I think what will be kind of fun today and what I wanted to do is uh, we're going to kind of talk to Eric about his, how he became a trainer. And I mean, honestly, he's really grown into a, uh, like an incredible professional and a staple here at Strata Internal Performance, almost at Persicini Fitness, <laughs> and is really like a mainstay trainer and is just on the cusp of being a full-time trainer. And it's really because of all the hard work that he's been putting in to consistently help with his client growth and also maintain his schedule. So what do you say? Appreciate it. How did you become a trainer? Tell yeah. us about that story. Um, good question. So I mean, I... Uh Similar to choosing the Persicini route for my co-op in high school, uh, I also chose an education program through uh, Durham College, which was uh, fitness and health promotion, where, again, I also wasn't completely sure if that was something, the training was my end goal, per se, but uh, another thing where, you know, I wanted to be in the fitness-like realm, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do just yet, but uh, eventually came along the lines of figuring, okay, this is something... I think I could be good at. It seems like it can be fun as well doing it because that's something I um, wanted to have as a career too, something that would be enjoyable throughout the whole time, not something that I'd just go to for my nine to five job and maybe not necessarily really enjoying it all that much. Uh, but eventually also technically never even, almost never became a trainer to be honest because I, I went to work um, post-graduation having nothing to do with training. I worked for a, a company that um, did refrigeration and air conditioning. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I, uh, there I was working the warehouse, actually. So my dad was a manager there, and I uh, lifted a bunch of heavy things up and down, put them on pallets, wrapped them up, sent them to all the other stores we had around. So it was a lot of physical labor, to say the least, there. Um, and eventually I kind of tweaked something in my back, which kind of led me back to you, actually, kind of a full circle sort of thing, where uh, I was like, uh, or actually, sorry, Taylor. Taylor and I went to, to college together, and he kind of directed me towards you, 
to maybe go see you for some sort of work for my body and kind of help my back feel better. And it was something that slowed me down from work even, but necessarily that I'd love to work, but I had to take a few days off just because of that back uh, sensation that was going on that I didn't like very much. So I kind of saw, saw you, went back to this full circle thing and reconnected. Love it. Well, hey, listen, everyone's listening to this live. Uh, please ask this. I'm going to ask Eric some questions about being a trainer here at Strata. If you have any questions about what it's like to work at Strata, uh, this is going to be a great time to ask. And you can ask Eric anything and he will tell you his opinion because obviously I'm biased and Glenn might be slightly biased as well. But uh, Eric, we can get some unbiased feedback. I Hopefully. hope. We'll see. High pressure. I do pay him. So <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I forgot that you went. So that's kind of interesting because you did do the academic route to try and become a trainer. Right. Then you went to the refrigeration stuff. Mm-hmm just to make money and get going. Yeah, for sure. And then you came back. Mm-hmm. Besides the injuries, what drew you back mm-hmm. to the health and fitness industry? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, the injury kind of started it all, to be honest. So at the time, I would have been my, I'm 30 now, but I would have been in my early 20s at the time when that back situation happened. Um, and I, after I got better and could actually get back to my workouts and feel better doing them, thanks to some help from Brandon and some exercise strategies that we found that were helpful for me, uh, I kind of came back to the realization of why I wanted to get in this into the first place, which was helping people. Because if there's someone like me in my early 20s who's experiencing some pretty severe back pain, slowing me down from doing my work, slowing me down from doing the things I want to do, like working out, there's probably some people within their 40s, 50s, even 60s who could probably use some more help. And there can't just be one person like you helping out all those people. There's got to be some other people around who know at least some similar things that you do about the body and the muscular system and can help out some of those other people who aren't getting the help that they need. Yeah, you know, and, there's, and that's, you kind of said something there that I, I'm really excited about here because I remember Glenn interviewed me one time and asked me, like, what was one of my mm. happiest achievements with having this gym? Yeah. And I said the team. Right. And, and I think that, like, one thing that you've done really, really well that I'm excited about is you consistently are studying and showing up. Mm-hmm. Like, even though, I mean... It's hard to stay on top of everything and keep learning. You Definitely. show up, you help me with the study groups every Friday. You have my demo for the last like six months almost. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, but you keep showing up and right. you keep trying new things. And every time we do a study group, I see you doing something new on the gym floor. And that's mm-hmm. absolutely awesome. So you're, you're helping a ton of people. Yeah, doing my best. And it's reflecting your schedule because you're right. getting slammed. Yeah. Busier than you're used to. For sure, which is nice. So if anyone's listening, Eric said some important things, right? He was an athlete. Um, he he kind of had some injuries from both that and also from the refrigeration stuff. I'm just wondering for you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, demographically, Strata, we work with a lot of older people and people who have injuries, right? right? Typically, we don't get people who are just fresh and excited to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's a super, super lucrative market long term unless you've got a lot of turnover yeah. or a lot of new leads coming in. But for you, how have your own personal injuries and overcoming those injuries mostly influenced your career? Yeah, honestly, I think it um, helps me relate to a lot of my people a heck of a lot more. They do appreciate that I'm coming from both sides of things, I find. Whenever I'm first meeting people and telling them a story about me, they certainly always appreciate that. I've I've gone through my own struggles with my own body and had to come out onto the other side of things, as well as being an expert within this field. Uh, they feel like they find it more, they're confident in me, being as if I've come from this, this injured state as well and I've come back from it. And with my experience of working with people like them and myself, I find it a lot, a heck of a lot easier to understand where people are coming from because it is, it can be a very emotional state for some people being in this state where they're not feeling so good, their knee bugs them, their back bugs them, whatever it is. Usually those stuff kind of slow us down from the things that we love to do. For me, I love to work out. I love to play tennis, go walks with my dogs. And some people like to play with their 
grandkids, they like to go grab the kettle out of the, out of the top cupboard, whatever it may be. There's all these little things that generally, when these pains and aches and stuff are bugging us, we're slowed down from doing those things we want to do. And you've crushed it. I'm doing my best. You're crushing it. I mean, people are super happy with the work that you're doing. <laughs> Generally, yeah. It is awesome. Cool, man. So, I mean, what's it like working at Strata? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, that might be something that uh, lots of people have been asking over the last several weeks. Are you doing all these uh, mentorships with people and all these study groups? And, I mean, maybe I have some bias within my answer, too. But take that with a grain of salt, if you will. But uh, I think it's fantastic, to be honest with you. This is the first place I've actually worked out of, the only place I've ever worked out of. I don't really, I don't see any future where I'm working somewhere else at this point in time. Maybe that's good news for you. I don't know. Yes. yes. <laughs> good for me. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. The, um, the setup of Strata, the machines we have here, the equipment, I think is all just fantastic. Top of the line. I can't think of a place in town or in, you know, many kilometers here that are that can really even compare to this place in terms of the location the things we have the people we have as well i think is a huge part of it on top of things i think that's something that maybe we don't really talk about all that much really we like to talk about you know we have the these cool strive machines these kaiser machines but i think the people here like you and chris and, and glenn taylor everyone who's here is a great person to learn from in some way shape or form Everyone is a little bit different within their within how they work with their clientele. I think everyone here has a valuable piece of information that we could share with each other on any given day, which is fantastic. So you can always be learning here, which is great. Yeah, I, I really like that like Avenger style vibe that we've got. Right. Like everyone yeah. has like a very similar methodology, sure. but every person is different with their own personal brand that comes together to create something mm-hmm. a little bit bigger and more powerful. Right. So this is I'm just curious because I've never asked this question, but I'm just mm-hmm. wondering. I've had some people say, oh, it'd be so great to work at that gym with you. But I think working with me would be terrible because I'm always <laughs> running around trying to juggle too many right. things and do too much stuff. Uh, how would you describe me as a boss slash facilitator? I hate using the word boss, but mm-hmm. as a leader, how would you describe me as a leader? Yeah. Terrible. Think, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> so you're a very busy guy, but even the, despite that, I think you are still a great leader just by... Like similar to what you've been saying about me, like you're always showing up, you're always doing your best with each and every individual that you work with. Like you can just look over from the corner of the gym over where you are with someone and you are making your clients the focus of your half hour, your hour session, whatever that is. You're always doing a fantastic job with that, which I think is just a great example for everyone here. It sets a precedent for everyone too, to actually model our own businesses off of that, off of that as well. And Due to the fact that you're so busy, maybe sometimes it might seem like that you are, maybe you're not able to, to help someone like me or whoever else, but you're always looking out for us. So that on top of that too, like you'll be sending text messages here and there to us, like asking if we need anything, or you have to you step out, you go on holidays for a couple of days, you're always checking in with everybody, making sure that you've done your due diligence, making sure that we're doing okay. So I think it might not seem like you are completely on top of everything all the time just because you have so uh, such a big workload but you're always checking in you're always making sure that things are doing a-okay with everyone how could i be a better leader Ooh, toughy that's a tough question really put me on the spot now i know it's awkward now yeah i don't know now i just talked him up and now i have to say something bad maybe i don't know doesn't be bad it just means better yeah good question um 
I don't know about that one, to be honest. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Either this is so maybe, awkward. Maybe I can pop something up in my head later on, but I don't know right now on the direct spot. All right, we'll think about it later. <laughs> think about it later. We'll sit here in silence for a little while. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. So then here's another question, and this one's, I think, much more related. So thank you for answering that. I'm actually just curious with that, which is great. So, yeah. I mean, you've overcome, pardon me for saying this, but you're a relatively shy guy. Sure. Shyer and quieter. And you've consistently kind of come out of your shell a little bit more each year and each year. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been one of your biggest fears or hurdles that you've had to overcome to be a trainer uh, at the level that you are now? Like what's something that was like really scary for you or really, really hard for you to evolve? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I'm probably generally more so of an introverted kind of person. Um, I'm a little bit on the shyer side when I, when I know people really well, I'm much more loud and boisterous and maybe even annoying if you ask some of my family members <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> How, how much I can be sometimes, but it depends on the, the people and the situation. For me, honestly, I find when I really trust people and really get to know them, I'm, I'm much more open with everybody. Um, but I would say meeting new people, especially for the first year or two within my career, was always, always made me very nervous because um, I wanted to, I'm a, like I'm a performer. I want to perform. I want to do well. I think that was, that's a part of me too that kind of slow can slow me down because I want to do well, but when I'm nervous and a little shaky, might stumble my words a heck of a lot more. And when I'm meeting someone new for the first time, doing a consult, trying to see if they're a potential client or whatever it may be, uh, I can get nervous and shaky and I feel like I lose my words, so to speak. And I sometimes can forget what I'm even doing there. Yeah, yeah. Or like my questioning for, for asking them like why they're here, trying to figure out if we can work together, if it'd be a good fit, whatever that may be. I certainly struggled a heck of a lot for the first year or two with those types of things. Sometimes I do really well and perfectly be fine, but I'd say just doing it over and over again was something that certainly got me past that, which is a can, can be a scary thing for sure. Kind of diving into the deep end, so to speak, and actually getting out there and doing it and meeting new people or talking to new people in a conversation, whatever it may be. It's, it's one of those sucky things that you do just kind of have to do Otherwise, it's never really going to improve. We, Glenn and I did an episode last week on the, or two weeks ago, called Talking to Strangers. Sure. And, you know, it is a scary kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. people, people aren't really scary. Right, yes. But it does feel scary talking to someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was the biggest fear for you? Like, what, if you talk right. to someone, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm nervous about this. What were you nervous about? Yeah, I was, um, I've always been nervous of not sounding good. Or not sounding like I know my stuff or, you know, doing the whole fumbling my words thing um, and not portraying a good professional image. And then having that, having that mindset delve into them, like making them think like, think like, oh, this guy, he's no good or something along those lines. I was always, always my fear was just not sounding like a good, solid professional and then having them think that and maybe pass that along might be a little bit ridiculous to think that far ahead but that was something for me i always wanted to be not perfect but do well do you still think that way now sometimes sometimes yeah yeah how do you get over it um these days i find it a heck of a lot easier to be honest to be honest with you like i don't really struggle with my new prospects or meeting people within a consultation or assessment like session these days just because i've done it so many times now yeah um I think I'm just uh, a lot more of a perfectionist than I ever really thought when I was growing up, to be honest with you. So that's something that still can sometimes be at the back of my mind sometimes. But 
I, I think just from doing it over and over again, which is the thing that you kind of have to do to really get past those types of things. Yeah, yeah. Really practice it, really practice your craft. I, um, I notice those things a heck of a lot more. Or a heck of a lot less, sorry. I, there's a quote that uh, I remember a drummer friend of mine, Dave, Devin Sumner, once said, and I'm sure it's from somewhere else, he said, but failing to prepare is mm-hmm. preparing to fail. Right. And it's interesting for us because, I mean, you can't really prepare for a consultation with someone that you've never talked to before. Yeah. But a lot of the people, if you have a particular client avatar or demographic, you can sort of start seeing trends. Like mm-hmm. people consistently come in here and they have a thing that hurts or a disease. And it's like, okay, well, that sucks. I don't know enough about Parkinson's. I can learn more about that. Mm-hmm. But then most of those people come in here. And if you go deep enough, you find out that the thing that they're struggling with is not really the thing. Right. It's how it's impacting their life. Mm-hmm. It's impacting their driving. They love driving their Mustang car or picking up their grandkid right. or playing tennis or playing mm-hmm. the drums or, or whatever it may be. Right. And so I think it's fun. What's nice is that if you experience those enough time and you kind of get a sense of like where this awful anterior, anterior lobe lesis is coming from or this mm-hmm. MS or anything, you know that like, hey, that's a weird thing. I need to learn more about the disease condition and the mechanics of it. Yeah. It'll help. But if I can figure out where this piece is into their life mm-hmm. and how I can try to help on the life end of it and kind of get yeah. past the, the negative thing, it becomes mm-hmm. much easier, in, in my opinion, less scary and easier to be professional. Yeah, for sure. And I think that kind of circles back to to me understanding my own pains with that as well, which helps me relate and try to figure that out for them. Yeah. Like what's there what's their slowing them down from tennis? I, I don't know if this is remotely helpful to anybody, but I've had I've only, I've taken three new clients on in the last few weeks and they've mm-hmm. all been personal referrals for me and all of them are CEO, cotillionaire busy guys. Right. And I say that only because that demographic is probably the demographic that everyone here wants because you get those sure. busy business people. They can afford to work with you. Mm-hmm. They'll see you two or three times a week. You know, even if they're spending 1200 bucks a month, they're not worried about it if they're getting the results. They're here for the experience and the product more than the money and the mm-hmm. time commitment is the kind of bigger problem. The weird thing about this, though, is that many of you know that for myself and Eric, and if you've been studying this science-based training enough, whatever we want to call science-based training, we talk a lot about really complicated terms like moment arm and torque Mm -hmm. and force and all this kind of stuff. The more I talk to these high-level executives to become clients, I find myself saying less and less and less consistently on the science end and asking Mm -hmm. more and more questions about what they're struggling with to try and see how I can offer some support to what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Like I had this guy call and he's got a back pain. And he's like, well, what do you do? I said, well, that's a great question. If you don't mind, can I ask you a few more questions about you? And I just have so much confidence to ask so many questions around what they're struggling with and how it affects their life. Seldom do I say anything like post-activation or muscle system contractions or motor control optimization. Like I don't need to say any of those words because I think if you ask the right questions about their life and where it fits in, most of the time you can get around that stuff just by caring, being nurturing, and then letting the work speak for itself when they're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. It all circles back to being about them, right? all about them what they want what their goals are and why they want them to be honest yeah so dude i think you know i think we can slowly put a pin in this because this is kind of fun but i'd like to ask you for you uh two things actually eric just completed the fitness pro mentorship with another trainer here named lucy so we'll have to get her on and talk to her so we can get some more (laughs) unbiased nitty-gritty stuff from her but you've been around for a while and i know that you've seen kind of the evolution of the educational stuff we've done in here um from teaching for other companies pap and then now that um, how was that experience going through the mentorship? Yeah, I think it was um, It's pretty great to really focus on more so business-related things. 
I, I think I've certainly, over the years here, certainly come to understanding how I am much more of a business than I would have initially thought. I certainly coming into, into this would have thought, you know, Strata is the business or X gym that you were working at was more so the business, but in reality, it's, it's really yourself. So you do kind of have to sell yourself in a way you need to do a little bit of social media stuff if for the very least, even just some, some practice of, of you get to learn a little bit of skills through that because there is a, a heck of a lot of cool video skills you can kind of learn out there just playing around some of that stuff as well as just talking to yourself within the camera can be a, um, a big, a big positive change as well, just for helping yourself speaking to people, uh, feeling more comfortable doing such things. Um, yourself as a business is certainly the most important point. You can't just rely on the gym or other people kind of getting you more people. If you need people and more people in your door, whatever that may be, mm -hmm. um, certainly helped me a lot kind of come to understand that even a little bit more and some new skills and new cool business and marketing related things to actually implement, to actually practice and to help you generate some more leads for yourself, which is always great um, because this is, a business where we want to have a lot of people for as long as we can have them. Sometimes, you know, lives change, people change, um, crazy things like 2020 can happen sometimes. So there can be some big adjustments that need to happen sometimes. Um, so it's always, it's about kind of keeping on top of those things a heck of a lot more and being, being conscious of your goals for uh, financially, business-wise, whatever all those may be. It's, it's good to have your head actually wrapped around those things. That's something I certainly never really thought about, especially at the beginning of things like um, retirement. That's certainly something I, I've took a very long time to even think about for me. Um, but these are things that we got to need to, maybe we're early on in our career, in the middle of our career, whatever, maybe we need to, we need to think about those things. You got to be thinking of this thing. Yeah. You got to be thinking of this thing as a business for sure. I mean, and this is one of the reasons why the churn rate for personal trainers as a mm -hmm. career is less than three years. Right. Because they don't make enough money and they don't have a plan and mm -hmm. there's no real direction here. This is where I... Honestly, personally, I don't think any personal training business around here is really competitive because one thing I try to help create is teach you how to be a personal brand. Mm -hmm. So you have the autonomy in here to make as much money as you want and grow and scale. Right. So my last question for you, actually, I got two. There's a special cool. secret question. Um, <laughs> what's next for you? What is your next, like, what do you want to achieve in the next few years that you're really excited about? Um, next for me, good question. Well, I think this year... Um, by the other things, I think I'll be fully full time and I'll be continuing that into 2023, 2024 and so on and so forth. Um, the next couple of years, I mean, work, work, work wise or just anything wise, whatever, whatever, else, whatever. you got anything else? Um, there's that bottle see. of gin I got you. <laughs> Maybe by next year. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I have, uh, I have some personal goals within the next Couple of years, yes. I uh, maybe we'll get married in a couple of years. We'll see what happens. We'll see what goes on in the life of Eric. Gotta get engaged first. Well, that's a step. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, very quickly, if anyone's been listening to the Minds on Muscle show for a while, you'll know that one of the things that Glenn and I do is the pick of the week. And the pick of the week, just so I'll give you a bit of a heads up, and then I will pick something. Okay. Is picking so that we have a second to kind of get prepared. Love is it. Uh, picking an item, an educational thing, or one just one random thing in your world that has changed your life in the last week. So if it's a book, if it's a piece of technology, really anything is on the table. Okay. Sound good? Sure. 
What I'm going to pick, and I'm falling more and more in love with it, I did pick this as a pick of the week several weeks ago, but I want to come back to it because if you're someone who's listening to this, I would encourage you to do this. Uh, I'm going to pick, I have an iPhone 13, and I'm going to pick that as my pick of the week because the video features on this, I've been able to, if you check out the Strata Internal Performance video uh, of people exercising, I've been able to record high quality video with this camera doing pans and it's got internal stabilization. So the shots are actually smooth and look really, really good. And I got to say, like I was thinking of buying another, like selling one of my cameras and getting a newer one. This iPhone, it's not better camera, but the feature and the functionality it has for being in my pocket, it's ridiculous. The reason why I'm saying that is we're in the middle of the summer. This fall, they'll be releasing iPhone 14, which means the 13s will be even less expensive. So if you're thinking about getting a new phone, would encourage you to get one of these bad boys for marketing purposes strictly. If you were going to pick something to help trainers escalate and grow their business, what would you suggest? What are you excited about? Oh, I thought it could be something random. Random. Pick something random. <laughs> I mean, that's a great pick. I also have an iPhone 13 myself. I have a mini. Uh, but I think that's helped me. It's not my pick. I'm going to steal your pick. Do not pick. Um, but yeah. I, I would, I just, on top of your point, I think it's helped me a lot as well. So I have a 13. It's helped me a lot with all my, all my videos. The camera's fantastic. Yep. Um, the thing I'm going to pick, actually, as I said, if you are an iPhone user, it is a, I'm blanking on what it's called, to be honest with you, but it is a circular magnet that attaches to the back of the iPhone. And I attach it attach that to the gym equipment that's actually around here. So that's how I actually film my videos. Right. Nice little magnet piece attached to the backside, attached to the gym equipment or the pulley system, whatever it may be. And then I, that's how I film myself with my videos in here, actually, where I chat into them or do a little exercise or whatever it may be. I forgot about that. I don't that. know what the heck that thing's called. Though, now, Tell you what, find the link to it and put it in the, the comment below All this right. podcast. All Awesome, everybody. Well, listen, thank you so much for checking out this episode. Eric, thank you so much for your time. It was You're really welcome. great having you here. Cool. Did you have fun? I had fun. You said you were nervous at the beginning. Do you feel better now? I feel much better now. Awesome, everybody. Well, listen, so this is the Fitness Pro Mentors podcast. Uh, Eric, well, Glenn and I actually do this every two weeks, and I've got a show this Friday with Mr. Dan Greenbaum, who's one of our students. Eric's a trainer here, and we've got a bunch of amazing trainers here at Strata. So if you want to let's check out Eric's, he's got Patrick Performance on Instagram. You can find him on Strata. But please say to Eric how great of a job he did, and we'll see everybody real soon. Thanks again, Eric. Thank you. Super duper.